Yo, what is going on, everybody? This is Eric, your ranting co-host here, and we are back with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. Uh, Zach, our main host, he's not able to be here today. He was in Jacksonville. He went to the Jags game, and unfortunately, it was another L for us. Uh, I know if he was here, I'm sure he'd be upset about it just like I am, but he's driving back home, so he's not here. But we got Connor and Nate here. We're excited to bring you another episode. We're going to be breaking down the teams in the AFC that are fighting for playoff spots. We're going to give our takes on who's in, who's out. So to give you our thoughts on that, then we will do our usual of previewing three upcoming games for the next week. We'll discuss our lock board. We definitely had some mixed results there, so we'll get to that in a little bit. And then finally, at the end of the show, Connor and I are going to go around the hoop and we are going to break down some NBA contenders and pretenders. So we got a lot to get into here. I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, but for now, let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. What's going on, guys? It's Connor, the co-host with the most. And unlike Zach, I didn't go to a football game. Well, that's not true. I went to a college football game. I went to the UNC NC State game, and unfortunately that didn't work out for me. Uh, NC State came out with a the win. Then, you know, I thought maybe, you know, my sports weekend would get better and I'll make it up and go to a uh, Carolina Hurricanes versus Washington Capitals hockey game. Unfortunately, that also ended up in an L. And then while I was there, I found out that the Steelers got absolutely annihilated by the Bengal, the Bengals. So uh, I've probably had the worst sports week this week. I mean, Zach also had a. Uh, he told me the Lightning ended up losing today, so uh, him and I are kind of sharing some pain this week, but I'm excited to get into this episode, and you know, at least I got some green on the lockboard, I can say that, which uh, Zach, unfortunately for him, can't, so. <laughs> and what's up, guys? It's Nate here. I uh, kind of had, um, I guess for my benefit, the opposite sports weekend is Connor. Um, went to the UF versus FSU uh, game in Gainesville yesterday, which... I was a lot of fun. Gators uh, capped off a pretty uh, mediocre season with a win, which is nice. And then uh, my Pats actually pulled out a nice win versus Titans today. So um, things are looking up in that respect. Um, so, yeah, looking, looking forward to talking about um, all that more tonight. FS useless. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they lost again. I've got some FSU fans that are friends of mine. So for you guys, I'm sorry, but. I'm a Tennessee but, fan. But really, but really not sorry. <laughs> no, I am. I, I am. I don't, I don't have any hate for Florida State. Now, if it was Florida, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not well, really Well, that's sorry. all right. That's right. I forgot <laughs> that you uh, you're, you really don't like the Gators. So Yeah, G- Gators, Alabama, if any of them are doing bad, whatever. But FSU, I don't have like anything that. against them. So. Well, hey, at least for you, we can all share in the uh, Alabama doing bad. Yeah, other, other than Alabama fans, I, I don't think anybody likes them. So but anyway, get, getting back on topic here, we're going to go around the shield. And as I mentioned in the intro, we're going to break down who we think is in and out for the AFC this week. So we're going to start with the AFC East. And it's while it's obviously not a guarantee, it's pretty much looking like the divisional race is coming down to the Patriots and the Bills. And we're pairing them together just because – we're pretty much assuming at this point that both of these teams are going to get into the playoffs. So what we want to discuss is which team will take away the division, which team will, you know, get that, you know, home playoff matchup, or maybe even possibly get the one seed and get the, you know, first round by. 
So we didn't talk about this beforehand. So this is going to be total uh, surprise reactions here for all of us to get each other's opinions on it. So I'll go first and then uh, Connor, Nate, the sledist will start with who do you think is going to win the division? Uh, I'm going to say the Patriots take it. Connor, how about you? I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills. No one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> and Nate, I think I know who you're going to pick, but let us know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just <laughs> to gonna, confirm. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stick with my uh, preseason pick and go with the Pats here. I'm shocked Nate didn't take the Bills <laughs> there. That's really what I thought was going to happen. But <laughs> I mean, I thought Nate was going to say the Jets were going to win the division. Uh, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, we could have thrown them in there, but obviously we didn't do that, but so Nate, you're the you're the Pats fan on the podcast. So why why do you think the Patriots are going to beat the Bills and what do you think it's going to take for them to beat the Bills? Just give us your breakdown on this. Yeah, so I mean, I think it's interesting that both the um, neither of these teams have played each other yet. Both these divisional matchups are being saved for the last, like, five weeks of the season, which is kind of weird in itself. But I think the Pats are just playing their best football right now. They're, they're clicking. They were undefeated in uh, November. And their defense is really, I think, stepped up a lot. They're um, looking really strong. And I think Mac Jones um, just gets better week in, week out. He's not still, you know, like an elite Pro Bowl type quarterback, but I think he's doing more than enough to like keep the offense rolling. So I think they're a lot more of a match for the Bills than they were, I would say, at the start of the season. Um, I think it's going to come down to basically can they uh, contain Josh Allen and keep him from, um, you know, going too crazy? And um, can the offense move the ball in the Bills defense, which itself is pretty um, strong. So it's, I think these are honestly two very like well matched uh, teams. Like, I think they're both very balanced, and um, yeah, it's, it's I think it's a tough matchup. But I think the Pats right now, just given their history versus the Bills, um, I'm gonna give them the slight edge. Um, maybe they won't sweep both matchups, but I think uh, end of the season the Pats are gonna have at least a slightly better record there. All right, so Connor, why are the Bills gonna win the division? For me, it just rests on the offense, I think, because, you know, these are two elite defenses right now. I mean, the Patriots, they're probably the number one defense in the league right now. Um, You know, they've been playing really well. They got a lot of people back. You know, last year they had like seven or eight people that sat out because of COVID. Um, So they got a lot of those pieces back and they brought in some other pieces in the offseason. You know, they brought in like Matthew Judon um, to, you know, help shore up that defense. But you know, they're playing their best football, but the Bills also have a really good defense. Um, you know, that they're, I don't know, normally we talk about the front seven. I guess their uh, back seven is probably one of the best in the league. You know, you've got probably the best safety pairing in the league in Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. Um, Tredavious White, you know, he's been battling through some injuries recently, but he's still a top corner. And then, you know, the linebacking tandem of Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano is one of the best in the league, in my opinion, too. Um, and I think one thing that's really going to, hurt both of these teams honestly is like i know you know um damian harris has been like decent but you still don't think really of the patriots as an offensive like running the ball team and that is the bill's weakness but you know damian harris is certainly no jonathan taylor or derrick henry you know the two running backs that have put up you know the biggest numbers against them this year and if i look at the other side for the bills and i compare the quarterbacks i will take josh allen in a heartbeat over mac jones i just think that you know 
the Patriots, they're looking like how they used to look all the time, you know, with Brady under. The only difference is that obviously Mac Jones is no Brady, but like it's a lot of guys who maybe you haven't really heard of that much, but they're all kind of coming together, you know, Belichick doing his thing. Um, you know, it's you need a team. You don't need a bunch of superstars. You just need a team, and that's what they're doing. But, you know, I can just, if I look on the other side, like if the Bills, when they get some of these people on their offensive line back, and you look at that receiving trio they have of Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, and Emmanuel Sanders, like, and especially with Allen at quarterback, it's scary. And, you know, it's almost like sometimes they don't need a run game, um, even, you know, because Devin Singletary has been a little bit um, sort of inconsistent this year. But it's more scary to me, in my opinion. I think the Bills, they're, they finally kind of, especially with last year with, with Brady gone, they finally got over the hump playing this Patriots team. And I think the bills are going to do it this year. And, you know, they're really hungry. They came within one game of the Super Bowl last year. And I think they're going to refine that mojo and take it at the end of the year. All right, guys. Yeah, you definitely both brought up great points there. I'm going with new England though. Like I said, I'm agreeing with Nate here just because of how, well new england has been playing like they have their chemistry it seems like they're playing so consistent right now and they to me seem like they could be a super bowl contender even though like connor said they're it seems like their offense especially is just kind of a bunch of guys but they're it's working <laughs> belichick, <laughs> belichick is doing his thing and i don't know man I, it's hard for me to pick you know, anybody against them. You know, I went with Cleveland to beat them recently and they New England beat them. I went with the Chargers to beat them recently and New England beat them. You know, it's not like New England's beating up on only teams like the Jets and Texans and Jaguars or something. I mean, they're they're while they're you know, they beat the Jets, but they're they're beating good teams too. And they're very impressive. My problem with the Bills is just they've been inconsistent lately. Like one week they're blowing out the saints and then the next week they're losing to the jaguars and then one week they blow out somebody else and then they get blown out by the colts i i don't my problem is i just don't know which bills team is going to show up whereas with the patriots i seem to trust them more right now but obviously that's a toss-up i mean it could definitely go either way i would be curious to see what zach's opinion would be if he was here but so we're going to move on to the afc north we're going to do a similar deal like we did with the east here we're pretty much assuming the Ravens and Bengals are both going to be in. Uh, as of the time of we're recording this right now, the Ravens are playing the Browns on Sunday Night Football. I'm not sure what the score is there, but uh, the Ravens are up in a very boring six to three first half. Wow, that's well. That's, the first half isn't over, but there's a minute left. <laughs> that's just like... that's some uh, man. I'd much rather be watching that right now than doing this. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, definitely glad I'm doing this. But so we've got a you know another close division race here, but we're pretty much assuming both the Ravens and Bengals are going to be in. So we're going to do like we did here with the Patriots and Bills and just first give who we think is going to win the division. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bengals. Connor, how about you? I am going to agree and go with the Cincinnati Bengals. And Nate, how about you? I don't want to be boring here, but I'm also going to take the Bengals. All right, so we're we're in a unanimous, uh, you know, agreement here. But I guess I will play a devil's advocate for the Ravens, even though I don't necessarily think they will. 
kind of like I talked about with the Bills and inconsistency and everything, I have the same issue with the Ravens. I mean, one week they look like a Super Bowl contender and they're dominating, and then the next week they're getting blown out. And then, you know, this week right now it's almost halftime and they only have their defense is doing good, but they only have six points. You know, which Lamar Jackson team are we going to get? Which, you know, offensive team are we going to get with the Ravens? What's their defense going to be like? It, it's almost like you don't know. But the Bengals had their struggles, but they're, uh, they've are they just been hot. That's why I'm picking them. But for the Ravens, if they're going to do this, I almost started making a case for the Bengals there. I was like, I got to switch back to the Ravens. I'm playing devil's advocate. Uh, if, if the Ravens are going to win this division, Lamar Jackson has to step up and play like he was doing at times earlier in the season. Like when they, when they had that comeback one against the Colts, the way he lit them up, he has to be like that because the rest of the offense isn't the greatest They're You know, as Connor talks about their rate, their running back core is basically a retirement home, uh, you know, and other outside. no Le'Veon Bell anymore, though they cut him. Well, right? yeah, so that's even it's a little bit less of a retirement home, but so uh, maybe they'll pick up Adrian Peterson now that he's available. I don't know, but I don't know. But outside of Marquise Brown and uh, Mark Andrews, I their their weapons just don't really scare people. So Lamar has to find a way to do it on his own. The defense is good enough, I think, for them, but that. Lamar Jackson's going to be the key and they are in first place right now. Uh, so they, they do have the edge there, but I don't, we'll see. But so Connor, tell us why Cincinnati is going to overtake the Ravens and get first place. Yeah. For me, I think, I think you hit on it with the Baltimore Ravens, like just the inconsistencies. I mean, like this team right now is just, I don't know. We kind of talk about, you know, we, when we go back to, a couple seasons ago when the Packers were like in first place and the North and ended up getting like a two seed is 13 and three. And they were like one of the worst 13 and three teams we'd seen. Like if the Ravens win tonight, they're going to be like the worst eight and three team I've seen. Like they're a very, you know, they're looking very sus right now. Um, like I know you talk about Lamar Jackson, like it has to come down to him. Well, you know, he, the Browns got a field goal and then Lamar Jackson just threw a, his second interception of the night. Um, you know, the Ravens did just get a fumble recovery. So like, this is definitely a defensive heavy game, but you're right about their offense. Like even Marquise Brown, like you mentioned him, he doesn't scare me at all either. Like he seems to be a drop machine most of the time. And, you know, I think he's just one of those players that gets a lot of, I mean, he seems like not quite as bad as this guy, but like, he seems like the Ravens version of Odell Beckham jr. Like a lot of hype and not really many results. Um, and for me, the Bengals, they're just like, they've turned it around. You know, they got out of that slump where they lost to the Jets and got blown out by the Browns. You know, they came back, they destroyed, they dismantled the Raiders. They dismantled the Steelers, you know, and part of that is that Joe Burrow is getting a lot of help from Joe Mixon and, you know, Mixon's rushed for over a hundred yards in two straight weeks. He's gotten two touchdowns in two straight weeks. And, you know, this Bengals offense, it's clicking again and Joe Burrow, you know, They've gotten T. Higgins back from injury. He's starting to form a bond with him. You know, he's obviously already got the connection with Jamar Chase, being that they were LSU buddies. And, you know, the Bengals, I think the other thing that I have to take into account is that the Bengals, they already, earlier this season, blew out the Ravens in Baltimore. 
And the game that they have left, obviously, is going to be in Cincinnati. So if they already blow out Baltimore in Baltimore, then I, you know, I'm not hopeful for the Ravens about what's going to happen, you know, when they go to Cincinnati. And also, like I said, the Ravens, I just don't think they can. I don't think Lamar Jackson can do it all by himself. Um, you know, the, the the team, honestly, these teams are trending in different directions. The Ravens seem like they tre- they're trending down and the Bengals are trending up. So. And also, I think the Bengals are going to benefit from, you know, a little bit of a both of these teams have like somewhat difficult schedules left. But the Bengals, I think, have a slightly easier one just because of the fact that they finished last in the division last year. So they don't have to like like the Ravens still have to play the Packers and the Rams. And obviously, you know, they still have to play the Steelers, which even though the Steelers aren't, you know, fantastic this year you know, those games are always close. Whereas like, instead of getting the Packers and the Rams, the Bengals get to play like the 49ers and the Broncos. So, but even though they have to play the chiefs too. So, but I just think the Bengals are trending up right now. I don't see any reason why they don't get this win in the division. Yeah. I, I like, uh, like your thoughts on that. And I, I hope it happens. I'm, I'm cool with the Bengals, so I, I, I'd be cool if they take it and maybe they can <laughs> finally get a playoff win for the first time in forever. So, uh, so those this, this is unfortunately a lose-lose situation for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, I guess if I had to pick, the, I mean, honestly, if I had to pick out of all the other teams, I would wish it would be the Browns, but, you know, my lowest would be definitely be the Ravens. So go Bengals. Yeah, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. I, I was wondering if you were just going to, go straight into making an argument why the Steelers are going to come back and it's not going to be the <laughs> Bengals or the Ravens. No, so, uh, unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. I yeah. They started to look better, but now they're starting to look like they're really crappy selves again. So <laughs> for, for sure, man, for sure. So those are going to be with, we're obviously, we, we don't have the Chiefs and Titans on here just because we're assuming that they're going to win their divisions. So with the Chiefs, Titans, Pats, Bills, Ravens, Bengals, those are the, our consensus top six teams. But now we have to figure out out of all these other teams that are, you know, quote, in the hunt, uh, which of these teams could get the seventh spot and what is it going to take for them to get there? So I'm not going to say all their records because they're all within a game of each other, but we've got the, on the screen here, we've got the, the chargers, the Browns, the The Browns who just picked off Lamar Jackson for the third time. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm glad I'm safe in fantasy this week because, my goodness, Lamar, you're you're killing me otherwise. (laughs) But anyway, uh, that's good to know. So uh, the Raiders, the Colts, the Broncos, and the Dolphins. And it's interesting just going into this because I feel like with all of these teams, you you can make a case why any of them could get in, but you could also make a case of why they won't get in. Uh, With all of these teams I mentioned, They've they've all had times where they've looked hot and they've had times where they were not. And it's it's really tough to say. Like it's really anyone's guess. But we've all picked the team out of this list that we think is gonna get in. So Nate, I'll start with you. Uh give us your team that's getting in and what is it gonna take for them to get there? Yeah, so my team I'm picking is the Raiders. Um they're right on the bubble there in uh, the AFC West, which is pretty crowded. Uh, at the moment, the Chargers and the Broncos are also up there. Uh, they're really close in record, but I just think that the Raiders this season are um, playing at a slightly higher level than those other teams. I think they lost to the Chargers in their first matchup, but 
Um, in my opinion, they're just starting to click a little bit more than they were then. Um, they got through the whole like, up and downs of the John Gruden situation. And I think they're, um, from what I can tell, it seems like they're under control there. Um, they beat the Cowboys in an overtime game on Thanksgiving a few days ago, which I think for me was a pretty big uh, win given how the Cowboys have looked. Um, just to keep up with them on offense was pretty huge, I think. Um, I think Derek Carr is probably having the best season of his career, at least in my opinion. And I think they're going to need him to keep uh, playing well to get into the playoffs. But I think out of those three teams out West, I think they can um, um, escape out of out of that division, take the uh, seventh spot there. I got you, man. And uh, I guess real quick question too: if the, if the Raiders do get in, I mean, obviously we don't know if they say if they get in the seventh seed, we know we're not going to know who they would play. But do you think the Raiders would have a chance to potentially steal? a first-round playoff game, or do you think they're going to be a first-round exit? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, obviously, I wouldn't bet, like, my life savings on it, but if they snuck into the seventh seed, I definitely think they could. Um, They have enough talent to, um, I think, be, not necessarily any team, but I think they'd have enough talent to um, win a, you know, winner-go-home situation there. Um, I think, Offensively, they're starting to click a little bit. They put up like 30-some points versus the Cowboys. Um, and granted, the Cowboys don't have the best defense in the world, but, I mean, I think they're, uh, you know, they can do enough on both sides of the ball to um, really compete with most teams. So I, I think if out of the teams that we have pictured up here, I think if they got in, they'd be the one I'd be most comfortable with, um, them stealing a first-round upset, just in my opinion. All right, so if, if the Raiders do get in and manage to pull that off, I'm coming back to this saying that was a great moment for Nate there. So we'll see, <laughs> we'll, we'll see if that happens. So, uh, so Nate has the Raiders. Uh, Connor, give us your team. Uh, just go ahead and say it, the Steelers. <laughs> no, uh, unfortunately, not going to be biased in this segment. Um, because honestly, like with the way we've been performing out of all of these seven teams, I'd say the Steelers are probably the least likely to make the playoffs. So... Um, but no, I'm going to go with the Raiders as counterparts in the West, the Los Angeles chargers. And for me, it just comes down to like all these teams, like we've all, this has kind of been a theme. All these teams have been wildly inconsistent and the AFC is really just a crapshoot. Um, and so to me, I just have to go with which team I feel like has the best players left and the best playmakers. And to me, that easily has to be the chargers like Justin Herber, in my opinion, is the best quarterback on all these teams. You know, he's had his struggles, but when he's playing the way he can, like he's the best quarterback, like he's better than Baker. He's better than Derek Carr. He's better than, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, Carson Wentz. And I mean, like Carson Wentz, Teddy Bridgewater and two are like, you know, they're them. So, um, but also, you know, they have a really great, fantastic running back in Austin Eckler. You know, he's one of the best dual threat running backs in the league. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are a great receiving tandem. And I think one thing that a lot of people have kind of overlooked with the Chargers is that they finally kind of figured out their offensive line issues. Like Rashawn Slater has definitely been one of the picks of, you know, this past draft that has really shined, um, you know, all the all the hype and all the, you know, grandeur was around Penny Sewell in this past draft and, well, he did get picked up by the Lions, so, you know, I don't want to give him too much hate for that because the Lions are the Lions. But, you know, Slater has definitely outperformed him this year, and he's really made a difference for Justin Herbert. He's not had to, you know, 
stress and be under pressure every five seconds. He can really take his time and find, you know, people downfield and make good decisions. Um, obviously, the little bit sus part of this team is their defense, um, but they've been performing well. Uh, they've been getting to the quarterback. Joey Bosa is having a decent year. And, you know, I think their defense is just good enough for them to, you know, hold up behind their offense and really take it. You know, their their offense is one of those offenses that can easily put up 40 points. So as long as you can hold the opponent to under 20, 25, which for the most part they've been doing, then they definitely have a chance to win. So um, and also, I guess I'll go ahead and answer your question. You know, you asked Nate if you think yeah, the Raiders I ask you that too. can pull off uh, first round. I definitely think the Chargers can. Honestly, if I'm being completely honest, I could see any of these teams doing that. Just the AFC is so wide open still. Like, I was hoping that, you know, maybe it would stabilize later in the year, and it's just gotten even muddier. Like, you know, the NFC, like we've mentioned so often, the NFC is so top-heavy. I mean, there's like five teams in the NFC right now that are at the top and are for sure going to make the playoffs, like, regardless of what happens pretty much. Whereas the AFC, I mean, that's the funny thing. We talk about that. We just assume that the Patriots and the Chiefs and the Titans and all these teams are going to make it. But, like, in reality, there's a chance they won't. (laughs) So um, I could definitely see the Chargers pulling off a first round upset going into somewhere like um, Tennessee or going into Foxborough or somewhere like that and pulling off an upset. Yeah, you're definitely right about the AFC being wide open. I mean, and it seems like there's always at least one conference that's at least somewhat wide open every year. But I, I feel like this is the most wide open a conference has been in a really long time. I mean, the fact that we're you know, discussing like six, eight, ten, twelve, like including the Titans and Chiefs, like thirteen teams in the conference that we're still discussing that could possibly get in out of and the sixteen. The that, yeah, and then even the fact that there's teams at the top that could still possibly not get in if they go on a losing streak or something. I mean, you never know. It's this is crazy, but we're doing our best to make our predictions here. That this is definitely going to be a fun one to look back on and see like what we get right or what we get wrong and stuff like that but sorry jets uh, texans and jaguars (laughs) yeah well well the jaguars hey in 96 we were uh three and seven and we won six in a row to make the playoffs so you never know there's okay (laughs) it's a little bit different from two and nine (laughs) yeah no we're we're not making it but hey you know I, i i can still relive memories from that long ago but anyway uh i will give my team and if you thought Connor was not being biased by choosing a team that wasn't the Steelers, then you definitely know that I'm not being biased by picking my divisional rival, the Colts. Uh, I know last week for the Thanksgiving special, I compared them to a dinner roll. (laughs) (laughs) But these last couple weeks have been what's made me a believer in the Colts because the thing about like the teams that, uh Nate and Connor picked well I can definitely see both of them getting it those are more so teams that started off pretty hot but then now they've kind of cooled down and been a little more inconsistent but with the Colts they started off pretty bad they were looking kind of like they might be down in the bottom of the cellar with the Texans and the Jags and that the Titans would just run away with it but you know they've been on a roll here lately I mean obviously you know beating the Jets and the Jags isn't you know, pretty basically everybody does that, but the way they beat the bills last week in such a dominating fashion, who's, you know, looking like a top tier contender for the AFC. And then they really should have beaten the bucks today, but 
know, they just had some unfortunate things that didn't go their way. And so they could have won that game. That would have been two really big wins back to back. So I'm not going to hold that loss against the Bucks against them. And they have a somewhat easy schedule left compared to the rest of the these teams since they get the Jags and Texans again. I mean, that those should be pretty much walks in the parks for them. I mean, I know the Jags always seem to beat the Colts when they're at home, but the Colts are on a playoff mission this year, so I just I just don't think that's going to happen unless the this Colts isn't Week can... One like it was last year. <laughs> yeah, well, and a lot of times we get them at home on the final week of the season, but a lot of times you know the Colts are like six and nine, and we're four and ten, and the game doesn't really mean anything. But it's going to mean a lot more for the Colts this year, barring a crazy losing streak, which I don't think will happen. So they have some tough matchups too, but I think they're going to be able to do just enough to get in. And depending on who they play, I do think they could get a first round upset, which obviously I don't want that to happen. But, yeah, I could definitely see it happen. So those are our picks. Uh, Zach's not here with us, but if he was here, I'm sure he would pick the Browns. Shocker. Um, (laughs) I'm sure that would be his pick. Zach, you can let us know after you listen to this. Let us know if we got that right. Uh, let us know who your pick would be. And if you're listening to this right now, if you want to leave a comment, I mean, you know, let us know, like, out of these teams, who do you think's in? Who do you think's out? You know, we'd love to discuss it with you guys. I think it'd be a fun topic. So um, definitely do that. We're going to move on now to our uh, upcoming weekly picks. And I'm going to start here with the Thursday night game. We've got the Cowboys going on the road to the Saints. Uh, both of these teams played on Thanksgiving Uh, They both had losses. The Cowboys had a close loss to the Raiders. The Saints got blown out by the Bills. But this is definitely an important game because while Dallas should probably be fine in the NFC East just because of how bad the rest of the teams are, you know, Dallas really the main competition like blew a chance to get back in it by losing to the Giants. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. So the Cowboys should be fine in that regard, but. You know, they have lost three out of their last four games. They definitely want to make a statement and show that they're still a contender and, you know, and they're still fighting for, you know, playoff seeding. I'd say with them losing the Raiders, their chances of getting the number one seed are definitely a lot lower now, but it is still possible. So they're definitely going to want to win this game. And the Saints, you know, they've been struggling. Their season's definitely slipping away. Uh, Their shot at the playoff is getting pretty slim. So if they want to have any chance of getting back into the hunt for the playoffs, they really need to win this game. So they're at home, which gives them an advantage. But um, I have to go with the Cowboys, though, not just because they're Susan's team. Uh, I really do think Dallas will win this game. I just I want to ask uh, Connor Ornate uh, if either of you want to answer this. I don't know if you know why or why not, but in, in my opinion, if I was the Saints – I would be throwing Taysom Hill out there at quarterback. I mean, that's who they went with last year. Uh, you know, went called upon even over Jameis Winston, who ended up being the starter this year. So I'm not really – I know when Trevor Simeon first came in, Taysom Hill was hurt at that time. But, you know, Taysom Hill is healthy now. So I've been kind of surprised they haven't rolled with him. Do either of you, like, know why they're not doing that? Or would you still start Simeon? I kind of want to get you guys' thoughts on this. I don't personally know. I think – I mean, I know if- – at the beginning, it was because Taysom was hurt. Like, he wasn't 100%, but yeah, like, so yeah. now he is. So, like, yeah, I, I don't know why they're not. I mean, I would totally do it, like you said, because he 
he was like three and one last year as their starter while Breeze was out. So, um, yeah. You know. Nate, Nate, have you heard anything <clears throat> about this? I personally haven't followed it too closely now, but I feel okay. like he's got more upside than Simeon. But yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, to me, just with the dual threat ability alone, I mean, makes it gives you much more of an advantage. And I don't think Simeon's that much better of a passer than Hill, but. You know, what do I know? <laughs> but so with that being said, I'm going to take the Cowboys here. I, I do, as long as Simeon's starting, I think the Cowboys will win pretty easily. Uh, I'm going to say they win 27-13. What about you, Connor? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree and go with the Cowboys. Um, I think the other thing that's really been holding the Saints back recently, though, is the fact that Alvin Kamara's been hurt. I know he's missed like the past three games or something like that. Um which is weird because it seemed like what he had was going to be like a minor injury, but, um, you know, but then now it's like three games in a row that he's missed. I know like this last one was because like Thanksgiving short turnaround. Um, so we'll see if he comes back. If he is back, then I think the saints will definitely like have a better chance because, you know, obviously when you don't have Alvin Kamara on that offense, like, especially with Michael Thomas being, you know, that he hasn't played and he's not going to play for the rest of the year. It's like, when you've got someone like Mark Ingram or, you know, Tony Jones back there, it's it's not going to help your chances at all with Simeon at quarterback. So um, I would give the Saints a little bit better chance if Kamara plays. But regardless of whether he plays or not, I still think the Cowboys take this. Um, I just don't think the Saints defense is going to be able to hold up long enough for the, it's, it's going to remind it's probably going to be reminiscent to me of the Auburn Alabama game this past week where like. Auburn's defense held up for as long as they could when their offense wasn't doing anything. But in the end, Alabama got past them. And I think that's what's going to happen here with the Cowboys and the Saints. So um, I'm going to take the Cowboys winning this game. I'm going to say 24 to 20. Nate, what about you? Yeah, I almost have exactly the same uh, sentiment there. I just think that the Saints don't have enough on offense to, even if Kamara plays, I still don't think they have enough to, um, keep up with what the Cowboys can do. Um, and their defense um, should keep them in it, should keep it close. But I still think I'm going to go with Cowboys. Uh, I'm going to go Cowboys 27, uh, Saints uh, 17. Got you, man. And now uh, we have an always classic AFC North thriller here uh, involving Connor's team. Connor, uh, take this one away. Yeah, the best rivalry in the NFL. Eat your heart out, Packers and Bears. Um, the Steelers and Ravens playing for the first time. This is kind of like the Bills and Patriots where like they've been saving these games for the end of the season, which is kind of interesting. Um, but this is going to be the first one in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field. And, you know, both of these teams have been looking wildly inconsistent recently. The Steelers obviously got blown out by the Bengals today after a pretty close loss to the Chargers where they like surprisingly enough, their offense actually put up over 30 points and got them back in the game, which was really surprising. Um, but they've just kind of been on a slump. You know, they went through that stretch of like a four game win streak where, you know, they beat the Browns in Cleveland. Um, and then they won that close one against the bears, but then really that tie against Detroit in that, kind of monsoon-like weather up in Pittsburgh where they really should have won that game on a bunch of blown opportunities. It's really kind of set them back. Like I said they had the loss of the Chargers and then obviously getting blown up by the Bengals today. Um, but, you know, it's not like the Ravens are in a much better boat at the moment. You know, they they had a 
they got blown out by the Bengals, then were really should have lost to the Vikings um, in a close one there, lost to the Dolphins somehow, and, you know, only barely, ma- I know Lamar Jackson didn't play, but only barely managed to beat Chicago, and, you know, only up 6-3 to three on Cleveland right now with Lamar Jackson having already having three interceptions at halftime. So um, it's going to be a very defensive-minded game. I know the Steelers had trouble stopping Joe Mixon today, but, you know, I think the difference between the Bengals and the Ravens is that with the Bengals, you actually have to respect both. Like, you have to respect Burrow and you have to respect Mixon. They have that balanced offense. Whereas with the Ravens, it's really just stop the run. So they can focus all their attention there. Um, and I think it's going to be, you know, as with most Steelers games, it's going to be low scoring, in my opinion. But I do think the Steelers, being at home, are going to get this back on track, at least for this week, and beat their bitter rival. I'm going to say that they win 20-16. to 16. Eric, what about you? Yeah, I actually agree here, and I'm going to take the Steelers. It's, I don't know, man. I just I can't trust the Ravens right now, uh, so especially with just as inconsistent as Lamar Jackson has been, I, I just have trouble trusting them. I know the Steelers have had their struggles right now as well, but I think after, you know, that shellacking they took today against the Bengals, I, I really think it's going to motivate them. And even if they don't, you know, they still have a chance at the playoffs, but even if they're not going to make the playoffs, they would love to do everything they can to keep a rival from getting in. And especially just with the way the Ravens are playing right now against the Browns, I I just don't know if I can trust them. I think the Steelers are going to bounce back here. And I agree with Connor, it's going to be low scoring. I'm going to go uh, I'm going to go Steelers 17-14 with a last second field goal to take it. So Nate, Chris what about Boswell? You? Yeah, not Justin Tucker, it's going to be Boswell. <laughs> this is actually this is definitely like one of those kicker matchups where actually you feel comfortable with either kicker. That's a rare thing in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, Nate, what about you, man? Who do you think is taking this one? Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I think it's going to be um, a pretty close, low-scoring game. Um, I am I also don't necessarily trust um, the Ravens a whole lot right now. I think um, until they – you know, the way they're looking tonight, especially versus the Browns, does give me a whole lot of confidence. Um, and I know the Steelers got blown out, but I think they're going to um, – bounce back and i'm gonna go steelers uh 20 ravens 17 in a low scoring game gotcha yes we've all been in agreement so far uh it's kind of surprising usually we have at least you know some disagreement but we still have one more game left obviously it's going to be the most exciting game on the schedule jaguars rams uh, so we've talked about we we've talked about these two teams a good amount uh, so far, but obviously this is going to be a big uh, matchup here, probably the game of the week. Uh, Nate, I'm going to let you take this one over. Yeah, so we kind of touched on this one a little bit earlier with the um, the playoff uh, situation, um, but yeah, this is a very interesting matchup. The Pats are um, leading the uh, conference with the record. The Bills are right up there with them. Um, so this game and then the, the second matchup later in the season at Foxborough will be a huge um, impact on the final playoff standings. I think it'll be a, this is probably the biggest test uh, for the Pats so far. And that they played the Buccaneers, but that was early in the season. I don't think the team had completely um, like gelled together yet. I think this is the best team that uh, the Pats will have faced uh, since that game um, by a pretty solid margin. And for the Bills, uh, they've been playing some uh, solid competition too. 
Um, but I think, you know, it'll be a good test to see if the Pats are for real and um, really how this division is going to shake out. I think I'm going to try and obviously be unbiased here, um, being that I'm a Pats fan, but um, I just think that given the history between these two teams, um, I know it's a different season, um, totally different roster, but um, I think Belichick has only lost against the Bills like five or six times in his, his entire 20-plus um, year tenure in New England. So um, I just have to think that uh, given the history, given um, the way the Pats are clicking right now, when undefeated in November, um, I'm going to give them the edge here. Uh, even though it's at Buffalo, that's the only thing that really gives me pause. Um, that's definitely a tough place to play, especially on uh, Monday night um, there. So I, I'm thinking it's going to be a close defensive game. I'm going to go with the I'm gonna go New England uh, 24, Buffalo uh, 21. I think it's going to come down right down to the uh, um, end there with those two defenses. Yeah, and shockingly enough, since I agreed with Nate on the decision of who I think will win the AFC East, I'm also going to pick the Patriots here. <laughs> uh, I I do think it'll be a close game uh, for sure. You know, like, like Nate said, I, I have pause with it being in Buffalo, and Buffalo's also have longer rest since they played on Thanksgiving, and you know, they've had a couple more days to rest and prepare, but. I still am going to go with New England, though. Like, Buffalo right now has been really hot or cold. And then this last week, it's almost literally been, like, hot, cold, hot, cold these last, like, five or six weeks. So they had a hot week this last week. So I think they're going to cool back down now. And I really think the Patriots are going to, especially since the Bills' run game is so bad, I think they're going to be able to really key in on the passing game uh, enough to make a difference here. So I'm going to go... I'm going to go Patriots. Let's see. What am I going to do here? I'm going to go Patriots 27 to 23. Connor, I think I know who you're going to pick, but let it, let us know here. <laughs> well, you know, shockingly enough, since I disagreed with you all on that, I'm going to disagree here and go with Whoa. the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> um, yeah, like I, said, I just think this offense, it's going to click back together. They're going to be able to find it. And also, it's in Buffalo. I mean, it's really hard for me to pick against the Bills when they're playing in Buffalo. It's like, even when they were a bad team, like they were still tough to play in Buffalo. So, um, you know, I think Josh Allen gets it together. I think he throws for three touchdowns on this Patriots defense. And I'm going to say Bills win. Uh, I think it's going to be a little higher scoring just because, like, I think the Bills offense is good enough to get around this defense. And I think the Patriots offense is better than a lot of people give it credit for. So, um, I'm going to go Bills win 35 to 30. Oh, going with a shootout there. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. So next we're going to go to the lock board and we definitely had mixed results as I alluded to, uh, Connor and I had pretty good weeks. Uh, Connor got a five pointer, right? And got five points. And I actually had a perfect week. Although all of mine were only two pointers, so it you know it wasn't exactly like a crazy impressive perfect week per se. But at the same time, I got six points, for, which was the most for the week. So obviously, I'm happy about that. Uh, Zach and Nate, unfortunately for them, on the other hand, both had zero this week. So looking at the overall standings here, I remain in first with 47. Uh, Zach, despite the zero, is still in second at 38. And then Connor, with his five-pointer, moves to third place with 37, right behind Zach. 
And then Nate, while he's in last, he's still right in the thick of it at 34. So uh, I have a little bit of a slight separation, I'll call this, but it's still definitely anybody's game. So we'll recap the picks here. Uh, I'm going to start with Zach since he's not here. His first pick was definitely his closest one. And at several times I thought he was going to get this was Oklahoma over Oklahoma State. But Oklahoma State managed to make a late rally and get the lead. And Oklahoma tried to get a game-winning touchdown at the end, but came up just short. So I don't Oklahoma know. If, State. I, I don't know if Connor and Nate were watching that game, but I was, and I know I you know had a nice sigh of relief when it was over. <laughs> did, did either of y'all watch that game? I actually didn't because I uh, I think I was just so worn. I was doing some other stuff last night, so um, I no, watched kind of like the earlier games, but I didn't watch that game. So, but thank, I'm thankful for Oklahoma State because yeah. also, <laughs> well, not just because of that, but also because I want them to make the college football playoff and hopefully knock Alabama out if, if yeah, they lose would, to Georgia. So that, that would be dope with me. Nate, did you get to see that game at all or no? I watched a little bit of the first half. I didn't watch um, the ending. I was kind of worn out after um, that Bama game. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that, I think that might have been the other thing for me too. Like I was just like after that Bama Auburn game, I was like, oh, man, you're, like you're, <laughs> You were done. <laughs> yep. <laughs> See, I, I have that advantage, too, being on the central time zone. You know, I'm an hour earlier than y'all, so uh, it's not as late for me when some of these games end as well. But anyway, back to the uh, back to Zach. Uh, this one, I know the second game, I know definitely hurt him the most because it was the Jaguars over the Falcons. And the Jaguars really could have won that game. They had just a lot of dumb mistakes. I felt like both teams played each other pretty equally, but it was – the Jaguars' dumb mistakes that cost him the game. So he didn't get that one. And then finally, he had Tennessee over New England. He went uh, little balls to the wall there for a five-pointer. And uh, unfortunately, he was not able to get that one. I know Nate was especially happy about that one, being a, a Patriots fan. And since I hate the Titans, I was okay with it too. So <laughs> uh, unfortunately, a zero for Zach there. Like you know, like I said earlier, he's still in second. So uh He's still got plenty of time, but Connor, uh, give us your picks and let us know how you did. Yeah, it's funny because uh, Eric talks about that he has created a little bit of separation when it's funny because even though right now he's nine points in the lead over second place, he very could have easily only been two points ahead of second place because I almost nearly put together a 13-point week with these three picks. Um And, and so Nate, Zach and I are glad you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um so start with, uh, obviously, my first pick, the one I got right. I went with the Michigan Wolverines over the Ohio State Buckeyes. You know, it went really bad for me last week when I took Michigan State to beat them. But I figured, you know, I'll try. I'll take another swing at it, especially given that this time, you know, it was going to be a road game for Ohio State. Last time they were at home against Michigan State. This time they were going to have to go into Ann Arbor. And Michigan, I thought, just had a lot of extra desire to win this game, not just because they, you know, with a win that they could, you know, potentially get in the college football playoff. I mean, if they do, well, they will get in the college football playoff if they beat Iowa next week. Like, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, but especially just because, you know, Jim Harbaugh, he's 0-5. He was 0-5 against Ohio State in his career. And this game was going to be in Michigan. Like, they wanted, and Ohio State had won the last eight games. Like, it was just every, all the pieces were there for Michigan to finally end this streak. And they did. In pretty impressive style, they ran for almost 300 yards against, you know, this Ohio State defense, which, like, never happens. So 
they definitely did it in a way that I don't think anyone expected, but they did it. And so that got me five points. Then, uh, unfortunately for me, kind of like what hurt Zach the most, this hurt me the most. I took the Tar Heels over the NC State Wolfpack, and the Tar Heels kind of blew that game in a very uh, Atlanta Falcons-esque way. Um, where <laughs> it's a good they, comparison. Yeah, where um, they were up by nine with like two minutes and eight seconds left or something like that, and uh, Devin Leary got sacked, and a lot of the NC State fans started to get up and leave the game. Um, but then someone in the UNC secondary, like totally just blew a coverage and, um, Emeka Mezzi came open for like a 70 yard touchdown. Um, so that got NC state right back in it down by two. And then they recovered the onside kick. Um, and then, and UNC got like a roughing the passer and a pass interference. That was like 33 yards. They gave NC state. And then, uh, unfortunately on the game winning touchdown, if the UNC defender had timed his jump, like a half second later he would have intercepted that pass but he jumped a half second too early and uh Emeka Mezzi was able to outmuscle him for the ball so that was really unfortunate uh missed out on three points there and then USC over BYU was my last pick which uh you know I'm wishing I would have taken Minnesota over Wisconsin ahead of that instead but USC was down really big but managed to come back um and take the lead late in the game but unfortunately BYU went on a game-winning touchdown drive to spoil that for me as well. So, you know, happy for the five points, but, you know, I just sit and wonder what could have been for that, unfortunately. That would have been, like, the week of the the week of the entire Lockboard's history if I would have gotten all those picks right. <laughs> yeah. I will say, too, man, that USC-BYU game stressed me out so hard because <laughs> I started watching that when BYU was up, and I was like, okay, they got this, but then USC scored, and it was getting pretty late, but I was like, I can't go to bed now because I'm going to wonder, like, all night who won this game, and I'm not going to go to sleep, so I'm like, let me just watch it, and it literally came down to the last second. I think I stayed up till like, 1.15 in the morning my time watching this game. <laughs> it was ridiculous, <laughs> but that was my biggest sigh of relief. So I was like, Connor already got one five-pointer with a Michigan game. I'm like, he cannot get this, so I, I was stressing, but... Uh, thankfully for the rest of us, that didn't happen. Although I, that would have definitely been nice for Connor. But uh, Nate, I know you're excited to talk about your log board, so <laughs> let us know how you let us know what happened, man. <laughs> yeah, what definitely. definitely. <laughs> yeah. So, um, like Zach, I went 0 and 3 uh, this week. Um, my first pick was actually one I was most confident in, and it was probably the most wrong. It was uh, Pittsburgh over Cincinnati. Um, for three points. Um, I, would, I would have been happy if you had gotten that. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I was just about to say, Connor, would you have been happy or mad if you got that? <laughs> uh, oh, see, I would have been happy for him since he and I were like in the same part of the lock board. Like if you had picked it and got it right, I probably wouldn't have been as happy. But since it was they and Makes we're both sense. kind of yeah. hovering around that same spot, I would have been happy. Okay. Yeah. I still would have been happy, but I would have been more happy than I would have if like you had picked it. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, so it's obviously uh Pittsburgh got steamrolled today. Um I didn't see that coming. I don't think any of us uh saw it coming. I, th- I think I could have lost, but I didn't see them losing that badly, which uh was kind of a bummer, but um that I picked uh Minnesota over uh 49ers, which I didn't watch too much of that game. Um but I just thought it was like a two-pointer close uh, spread. I thought the Vikings could probably pull it off, but I think Dalvin Cook got hurt and some stuff went wrong for them. So that was another uh, L there. And then um, I picked Missouri over Arkansas. I think that was down 
low on my my pick list. Um, there wasn't a whole lot that I liked this week. Uh, I just went for a five pointer, and I honestly didn't watch any of this game. I don't even <laughs> know what the. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, was. I mean, Arkansas pretty much manhandled them, is what happened. Like, okay, yeah, yeah I think like, it was like thirty to sixteen or something. Well, it, it was like the final score was thirty four to seventeen, like thirty. But but, but Arkansas, but. Arkansas was up 34 to nine and then Missouri got like a garbage time touchdown with like a minute left. So oh. Arkansas pretty easily steamrolled them. Yes. Oh. <laughs> that was kind of my flyer for trying, trying to get a um, steal five points there and didn't really work out, but um, you know, not the best week, but I'm hoping uh, next, you know, always next week. Um, not as many college games to pick from obviously, but uh, hoping to find some uh, good opportunities there. Say, well, clearly, uh, Nate, I, was, I was gonna say that. Oh, sorry, I was gonna say that clearly none of us thought about Minnesota over Wisconsin or North Texas over UTSA because those were five. Points yeah, but those, yeah, yeah, there were nice. five pointers left on the board this week. But I was gonna say, Nate, since there's uh, getting to where there's not gonna be as many college games, are we gonna see you dip into the NBA pool anytime soon? I might have to start looking at that. Yeah, I played it this week, but I was like, oh, I'll. I'll I'll hold off there. <laughs> Don't worry. There's at least 11 college games next week still, so you'll still get to do that next week. <laughs> right. <laughs> for, sure, for sure. So uh, getting kind of late in the podcast here, so I'll go through mine pretty quickly. I just – I wanted to – since I had the last pick, there weren't a lot of big upsets that I felt comfortable with, so I did a lot of two-pointers at the top of my board before I started making higher picks, and I didn't think I'd get all three of these, but I was – fortunate enough to get them because really I think every pick on my list that I had like after these three picks I think would have been wrong if I had gotten them because a lot of them are on this list right now so I was happy to get the ones I got I went with Michigan State over Penn State Uh, I did not know going into the game that apparently Michigan State had a bunch of players out with a stomach bug that made me a little more nervous after picking it but I had a weird moment with that game because I was at work and every time I had a little break, like I was watching and Michigan State would do good. And then when I had to go work, like Penn State would do good. And it was kind of really every time I was watching or not watching it, it was just really weird. It affected how the game was going somehow. Like I'm normally not superstitious with that, but it worked for me that time. Luckily, I watched more than I didn't. So Michigan State got the win. <laughs> that was a really weird game for me <laughs> watching that. But um, I got that one, and then I went with Atlanta over Memphis and the NBA, and uh, Atlanta had been pretty hot, so I felt pretty confident picking them. I w- Even though it was only one point, I was surprised Memphis was favored in that game, but John Morant got hurt in that game, so Atlanta ended up beating them pretty easily. Uh, and then in the NFL, I took the Ram- I mean, I took the Packers over the Rams. Uh, the Rams were like one-point favorite. I I took that with it being a pick'em game in Lambeau. I I felt pretty confident about that one as well. So uh, got six points there, and the draft order next week uh, will be Nate going first, even though him and Zach both had zero since Nate had the later pick this time. By tiebreaker, Nate gets the first pick. So Zach will have the second pick. Uh, Connor will have the third pick and then I will be fourth again and I think this is the first time I had the fourth pick where I didn't get a zero and be back at pick number one so <laughs> I'm glad to stay at the bottom of the draft board this start going on so. a Zach run here maybe yeah, for you. I, yeah so for sure I'd, I'd love to have a nice Zach run here and have like three or four weeks staying at picking pick number four so 
but anyway, we're going to transition over here to the NBA soon, but I know Nate is going to dip out. Nate, do you have any final words for the viewers? Um, yeah, not, not too much. I'm just glad to be back in the uh, episode. It's been a couple weeks. Um, they haven't been in, so I uh, had a great time talking to you guys, and I'm looking forward to um, talking about all the uh, championships in college football and all that uh, going on next week. So, yeah. yeah yes, sir. Yeah, lots sure, of, lots of college football next week. Yeah, for sure. yeah. Glad to have you back, man, for sure. So hopefully it's I guess it's probably been a little bit now since all four of us have been on. Maybe all four of us will be back next week. So, um, but yeah, so Nate, good to see you, man. Have a great night. And for Connor and I, uh, we're going to go around the hoop now. We've got, just got a few NBA teams here. Uh, we're about a fourth of the way through the season, so we've got uh, five teams here to look at, and we're going to discuss if we think they're contender or pretender. I meant to actually have Connor, you and my pictures on here, and we'd like drag them or whatever, but uh, <laughs> as, we, as we go through each team, I guess just move it up to the top, and then if we have yeah, a, fine. a consensus agreement, we'll move them over, I guess is how we'll do this, so um we're gonna start in the eastern conference uh because there's definitely some surprising teams right now uh that are definitely overperforming compared to preseason projections so i just want to talk about if we think any of these teams will make it or if they're gonna fall off what our thoughts are so we are going to start with uh connor's charlotte hornets here yeah. And we're going to so I will just go first and I'm going to go with contender. What about you, Connor? I am going to agree and go with contender for the Charlotte Hornets. All right. So, Connor, since this is your squad, give us your reason why the Charlotte Hornets can be the real deal. For me, it's just all about I think they're going to put it together this year. Like they're going to finally I mean, they kind of went through a cold slump, but they did manage to beat the Warriors. So it tells me like, you know, they can beat these better teams if they play well. Um, And it's just like I think just the key for them this season is just going to be to stay healthy, because I think we saw a little bit last year, like what they could do when they stayed healthy. But then, you know, once Gordon Hayward and LaMelo Ball both got hurt, like then they started in Devontae Graham, like they started falling out and losing a lot of games. So. Um, you know, as long as like Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, PJ Washington, LaMelo Ball, all of those four guys need to all stay healthy. Um, and which is, you know, obviously I'm not expecting them to stay healthy for the entire season just because like it's a long season. People are going to get hurt. You know, it's just the reality of things. But, you know, they just need to all those guys need to play together more than they don't play together. Um, and I think the Hornets have a really good shot. I mean, like I said, they've shown that they can put it together and, you know, their players, the game, their games are evolving. I think is the key to what's happening with the Hornets. Like you know, Miles Bridges has gotten really good as a deep shooter, which like really wasn't part of his game a couple of years ago. You know, we kind of always, I know this isn't a fair comparison, but we always talked about Giannis. Like if he could ever develop a deep shot, it would make him like an unstoppable player. And you know, maybe Miles Bridges is like a little baby Giannis, but who's like actually started to develop a deep shot, and you know, he's still. He's a tall guy. He has a monstrous drive to the basket. He has some monster dunks that I've seen him do, like dunking over people. And, you know, but now he's got that deep shot. So now it gives him that room to be able to drive to the basket. You know, Gordon Hayward's obviously a sharp shooter. You know, LaMelo Ball, I would like to see him be more consistent with his scoring. But, you know, he's a great facilitator. So as long as he can keep that up, then, you know, that's kind of all he really needs to do, I guess, with the other pieces on this team. Just, you know, facilitate 
and, you know, maybe grab a rebound or two, um, and he should be fine. The biggest key for them going forward, obviously, in my opinion, is going to be just the play of their big men. Because, you know, if you look at this team, that's definitely the weakness. You know, Mason Plumley and Jalen McDaniels and, you know, Kai Jones don't really scare anyone. So um, it's really just going to come down to they're kind of going to be going with this kind of like Houston Rockets style of offense in the sense that like it's going to be a smaller lineup. Um, But, you know, so far it's been working and I think it can work. I don't it might change when it comes to the playoffs, but, you know, we'll evaluate that if they get there. But for right now, the Charlotte Hornets look to me like they're the real deal and they're going to keep it up. Yeah, I I didn't know how long you were going to go there, but I had a couple things I was going to say, but then you nailed them all. So uh, <laughs> my, I guess my only thing that I'll add is just they they've had some flashes of inconsistency, like how they started off the season really hot. But then they lost a few games and went below 500. But then now they're on a big streak again. And they're, I mean, they had that bad loss of the Rockets. But other than that, I mean, they've been pretty hot and they're back, you know, a few games above 500 again. So if they can just not, I mean, obviously teams are going to win and lose and be up and down in the NBA. It's an 82 game season. But I just want to see them not have as, you know, when, when, if they start to have a little bit of a losing streak happen to, you know, get it back together quicker and, you know, start playing to their potential again and get it back. If they can do that, then I do think the Charlotte Hornets, you know, you know, they'll, they could definitely make the playoffs and have a nice run if they can keep that up. So uh, again, another team here in the East that is definitely surprising everybody, probably the most surprising so far, in my opinion, would be the Washington Wizards. Uh, so we'll discuss here, but I'm going to say pretender. What about I'm you? I'm going to agree and say pretender. Yeah, so the Wizards are playing really well right now. Like, the additions they brought in from the Lakers have been doing, like, with Kuzma and, you know... uh, KCP. Yeah, KCP. Like, my brain's, I've been kind of slipping here, but uh, (laughs) it's been a long podcast. But I mean, and obviously they got Bradley Beal, who was a superstar. But I don't know. Their run, to me, has felt a little more fluky compared to, you know, some of the other teams that have been hot to start the season. Uh, like I remember there was one year a few years ago where the magic started off like 10 and two or something like that. And then they ended the season like 20 and 62 or something like that. Now I had like a top five, a top five draft pick. Yeah. Now I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen for the wizards, but I just don't see them maintaining this level of success. I, I don't know. I just, I just don't see them keeping this up, but, uh, and so, Connor, you agree with me here. Do you have anything else to add about the Wizards? Yeah, I mean, you pretty much hit it. It's just for me, like, I mean, Bradley Beal's obviously really good. and He's been playing well, but it's just like the team around him just does not inspire confidence in me at all. I mean, like Kuzma, KCP, Montrez Harrell, you know, all those guys they got from the Lakers. Um, you know, they're very, very sus players. And then, like, I mean, if I look at the rest of their players, I mean, like, I haven't even heard of, like, you know, I'm not the biggest basketball follower, so I haven't even heard of Daniel Gafford, like whoever this guy is. Um, yeah. So and he's like, you know, supposed to be their starting center, basically. So I don't know. There's like nothing about this lineup inspires confidence in me at all. So I just I feel like this team's going to fall off. Like, I think Bradley Beal's still obviously going to be good, but he can't take yeah. them. I mean, he he's not a like Giannis or, a you know, Kawhi Leonard, you know, one of those players that could really just carry a team. I don't think he can do that. Yeah, and the, and the thing, I mean, this is definitely a better supporting pass than they've had in, like, previous seasons. I mean, there have been times where, like, 
outside of Bradley Beal and John Wall. I don't even know who anybody was on the team. And, and even then, they, and even then, John Wall was hurt. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then they had Russ last year, but you know he was only there for the one season. And with these three, like especially like with these three Lakers guys, like they did a lot of this in L.A. as well, where like you know they'd go on these flashes where they would play like KCP would hit like every three, and Kuzma would get twenty points, and you know, Harold would do some damage in the paint, and but then they would go games. They'd have games where, like, you know, like did did they show up to the arena? Like, were they even there? Like, like KCP <laughs> would be like one of eight from three, and Kuzma would only play like five minutes, and you, know, you see it. So it's just like I'm waiting for like that version of those guys to step up, and I think that's what will hurt the Wizards going forward. So I I'm cool with the Wizards. I like Bradley Beal. Like, I would be cool if they do become a contender, but. I just don't believe in it right now. And so then finally, another team in the East that, you know, is off to a pretty good start. They haven't been this good in a while. The Chicago Bulls. I am going to go contender. What about you, Connor? I am going to agree and go contender. All right. We've been in unanimous agreement here. I, for me, this like, isn't you. This isn't me and Zach. So yeah, clearly no, there's yeah, going to be more agreement exactly. than disagreement. <laughs> Zach probably disagrees with us on all three of these. <laughs> I don't know about but, that, but <laughs> maybe not. But for me, uh, you know, we just talked about the you know, additions that the Wizards brought in and how we don't trust them. Like the additions that the Bulls brought in have really made a big difference. I mean, obviously Vucevic was there last year, but he didn't come in until like right at the trade deadline. I don't think he'd had enough time to really gel with the team but now that he's had an off season and this is his first full season with the bulls and demar DeRozan's been a nice a uh, nice addition for them and even alex caruso has been played surprisingly well but he's another one like those lakers guys i don't know if i fully trust him yet but with demar DeRozan, you know zach levine and nikola vucevic like this is a pretty good squad and the east is so up and down i mean they're kind of like the AFC of the NFL. I mean, where it's like, it's almost like a crap shoot at times. Um, I could definitely see the bulls doing some damage here. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on the bulls, Connor? Yeah. I mean, well, the one thing that gives me, you know, probably more hope for them also that I like is that, you know, I feel like even though I'm not the biggest fan of, you know, of him, I like their point guard combo with Lonzo ball and Kobe white. Like, I think they're both, you know... Oh, yeah, sure. I didn't even think them. I forgot about Lonzo Ball. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, Lonzo, you know, they're both decent young players. I mean, Kobe White's still, you know, um, he's starting to come into his game. He's still really young. Like, he just turned 21 not long ago. And, I mean, like, I've, if my thing is, like, I know they spent a lot on Lonzo Ball, um, but I would really like to see for them to give Kobe White more minutes because I think they played well last year with him. And I think he's got that chemistry with... Um, with Zach Levine, but Lonzo Ball's played well. The key for him is just don't like, you know, don't screw anything up. And, you know, like, I think he needs to avoid these games. Like he had, you know, the other night against the heat where he took like 11, three pointers and he only made three of them. It's like, okay, he needs to avoid games like that because it's, you know, the bulls lost that game. So I think he needs to try and stick to more of like the role that LaMelo is playing in Charlotte right now. Just be a facilitator. You know, LaMelo is obviously a better scorer, um, but like, you know, he just needs to not try and take over the game because it's not going to work. Like get it to DeRozan, get it to Vucevic, get it to guys who actually can take over a game if they get going. So, um, I think really if he does that, then this team is scary to me. Like I said, that point guard combo is good, but if he tries to start taking over games, then that's going to be where the bulls are going to falter compared to some of these other teams. 
Yeah, I, I got you, man. I I agree with that 100. percent We're going to move to the Western Conference now. So, and the West, these teams have been surprising for a different reason. I mean, these are teams you know that have you know been deep in the playoffs. You know, won a championship. You know, not even that long ago, but they're off to a you know slow start. So with these teams, it's more so: can they be? A, can they bounce back and be a contender, or are the, are their records really who they are, and are they really a pretender? So we're going to start with the Los Angeles Lakers, and unfortunately, I have to say it, but I'm going to say contender. <laughs> I'm going to go with pretender. All right, cool. We have a we have a disagreement here. So. My thing about the Lakers is they overall still have a good amount of talent on this team. And they've had a lot of injuries to start off with. Like LeBron's missed time and AD's been hurt at times and he's been playing at not 100%. You know, I don't necessarily think this is a championship team. Like I'm not saying I'm not def- I'm not saying that. I I don't I don't trust them to be at that level, but kind of like what I talked about when we did the NBA season preview, you know, a lot of these teams, you can make a case of why they could make it to the finals and why they'll be terrible. I mean, it's, it's just, it's really, it's so (laughs) up and down, but I just believe with the overall experience that the Lakers have with the veterans they have on this team, I, I think they're still, you know, they brought in a lot of new players, and so I think they're still just trying to figure it all out, and especially with them having a lot of injuries at the start, you know, that kind of affected their rotations that they were planning on going with, and I just think that messed things up, but assuming, you know, they get fully healthy and everything, I still think the Lakers are going to be a pretty good squad. I think they can make it deep in the playoffs. Now, if they end up being a pretender, like Connor says, I'm not going to be upset about that at all. <laughs> so that's, I just want that to be on the record. But, but so, Connor, since you think the Lakers are a pretender, give us, let us know why you think that. For me, it's just basically, I think, you know, this is a team full of, I mean, like I talk about the, like the joke about the Ravens running backs are a retirement home. This is the retirement home of the NBA. Like, you know, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, DeAndre Jordan, Dwight Howard, like, you know, Rajon Rondo, all these people that are like 35 years and older, you know, are on this team. I mean, Russell Westbrook's not quite that old, but like, he's definitely getting close to that, like, that range. Okay. So he's in his low thirties though. So. That's what that's what I'm saying. He's definitely getting close, you know, uh, like the only young guy on this team still would basically be Anthony Davis, but I don't know. It's just to me with all these old guys on the team, like if they're already struggling, like this, then I feel like it's just going to get worse. I mean, like, I still think they can make the playoffs, but, you know, you see it with these veteran teams. They start to slow down towards the end of the season. You know, it's a long season. It's a long grind. Their bodies can't handle it like they used to. And like I said, if they're already struggling, I just foresee worse things later in the year. Unless, like, Anthony Davis can really stay healthy, then, you know, and that's the really the main key for them is Anthony Davis. Because when he's not in the game, like, they struggle really hard. And, you know, LeBron and Russell Westbrook don't play together well. I mean, I think we've seen it already. Like, they just, their play styles don't mesh. You know, they, they're both ball hogs. They both need to have the ball. And, you know, they both, they're both terrible shooters. Like, you know, it's just a, a recipe for disaster. So, you know, I, I think they could sneak into the playoffs. Or they could be maybe like an eight. I think they'll be in the play-in tournament, if I have to say, since they're keeping that. 
you know, I think they'll be between that seven and 10 range, but the West, in my opinion, is still just too good. And I mean, if, like I said, you know, I'm not trying to sound like a broken record, but if they're already struggling, you know, it's just going to get worse, especially with like, you know, the division they're in with how well the Warriors and the Suns are playing, like they got to play them more times this year. And, you know, I can foresee pretty well all those games easily being L's against those teams because they are some of the best teams in the league right now. So it, the road's not going to get any easier, especially when, you know, they lost to the Kings, you know, a couple nights ago. And they've struggled with the Pistons both times they played them, which is like you're struggling with the Pistons, really. So, um, yeah, I don't think the Lakers are going to go far this year. Well, Connor, uh, I hate to break it to you, but I have a uh, counter argument here, and that is that not only did the Lakers have one of these, but they have two triple double machines on that roster. So, <laughs> you know, get ready to see. I was wondering, of... I was get, wondering get... where you were going with that. <laughs> Yeah, you're probably like, I'm surprised he didn't mention that in his argument initially. But yeah, you know. Triple I, double. Yeah. So Eric's we'll, favorite we'll, stat of all time. Oh, yes. You know, when you're looking at a reason why any team wins games, first thing you got to look at is the triple double, you know, or if they don't get a triple double, <laughs> do they get close to the triple double? That's the difference. So <laughs> full on sarcasm <laughs> if you didn't catch that. But anyway, so uh, the last team is going to be the Denver Nuggets. And I know it uh, looks like they've been without Jokic, but they've been they've been struggling really bad lately. Uh, let's see. I had this up on Google here a second ago. Let's see. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, they've lost six games in a row. And I don't know. But, yeah, they've been without Jokic. So that makes it, you know, a more interesting scenario here. But I am going to go pretender. What about you, Connor? This is a tough one, but I do think I'm going to have to agree and go pretender with the Nuggets. Yeah, I, I feel like, for me, I, I feel like the Nuggets have, like, had their chance, but then just not been able to, you know, they weren't able to fully take advantage of it when they had the chance. And I don't know, they've just been flat this year. Like, even before Jokic got hurt, they weren't, like, doing that great i mean they were doing you know better than they're doing now obviously but i don't know man i just their their defense is not good and i felt like they made a bad move when they acquired uh aaron gordon last year he's too inconsistent of a player for me i just i don't know man i just i don't like this nuggets team compared to some of the other teams in the west i mean I don't know. Like I like honestly, as much as I dislike the Lakers, like I would take the Lakers over them. I'd take I'd definitely take the Warriors and Suns over them. Uh, you know, then maybe some of these other teams that, that are maybe more even, like the Mavericks or Blazers, I'd probably take. I just I just don't trust this Nuggets team enough. Now I feel like they could prove me wrong, obviously, because you know, there's a reason why we're talking about them, even though they're struggling as still potentially being a contender, but for me personally, I'm just uh, not feeling the Nuggets. What about you, Connor? Yeah, I kind of see them in the same light as I see the Lakers. Like, I definitely could see, I mean, not, obviously they're not the same team, but, you know, I definitely see them in the sense of, like, I see them getting into the play-in tournament, and then, like, I, I honestly think they'll get beat in the play-in tournament. Um, you know, or if they do make it, then, you know, they're going to end up losing to, like, Golden State or Phoenix in the first round, like, and it won't be close. So, yeah, it's just this team, I mean, 
even more so than like you talk about the Lakers, you know, having a problem with injuries, like the Nuggets look really bad without Jokic. Like, you know, it's, it's like without him, I mean, this team is looking like, you know, it's like what would have happened like in 20, was it 2017? That year that like LeBron, like just straight carried the Cavs. Like, you know, it's kind of seems like that, how it would be this year for the Nuggets. Like if they get far, I think Jokic can carry them places, but he's not going to carry them, you know, not in the Western Conference. Like, I think LeBron was able to do that with the Cavs that year because they're in the East. But, you know, in the Western Conference, they're not going to do that. Like, they're, even if it's not Golden State or Phoenix, like, at some point, they're going to run into someone like the Jazz or the Trailblazers or, you know, even someone like the Grizzlies, I think, could beat them. So it's, it's really tough. <clears throat> it is. I mean, because I know especially when we're talking about the Lakers and Nuggets, like all of us, if we go back to our season preview, like we all had these guys in the Western conference finals. And now it's just like, I'm we're like questioning our, all of our decisions a month ago. Now that we're looking at yeah, this season. already already. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I think, I just think, you know, if when Jokic comes back, I think they will be better, but I don't see things going good for them going forward unless they can like, I mean, I know Jamal Murray is still hurt. Unless they can somehow get him back and, like, him kind of start looking like his old self and they can get that going again, but I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I yeah, I agree with you there. And that's going to be, you know, the end of the episode here. But, you know, let us know in the comments. Like I talked about with the NFL, you know, if you agree or disagree with our picks there. Like, let us know if you agree or disagree with our uh, contenders and pretenders here for the NBA. I, you know, if you agree, that's cool. Or even if you think we're really stupid, like that's cool too. We don't <laughs> care. You know? Uh, let, you know, let us know. Yeah. You know, we, you know, we want to interact with y'all. So I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I know this one went a little long. I, I guess I prepared a little too much content, but uh, you know, it was a lot of good stuff. So hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. So until then for Zach, be clutch. And for Eric, peace. Hello. <laughs> <laughs>